Today's episode is brought to you by Kensington's newest title, A Letter to Three Witches by Elizabeth Bass. Bewitched meets practical magic in this bubbly, quirky, romantic comedy with an enchanted twist from acclaimed author Elizabeth Bass. When romance problems cause their powers to go berserk, a trio of witches whose family was banned from practicing magic risk getting in serious trouble with the Grand Council of Witches. Can they get their magic and their love lives in order before it's too late? Read more at www.kensingtonbooks.com. this movie is truly insane okay hello everybody and welcome back to girls like us this is the podcast that you know as always begs the question what does a literature degree get you and we say with our you know full throats full force behind it we say that it gets you a podcast about books for children i'm sophie and i'm joined by franny and uh let's get litigious yes let's get litigious here um i'm disappointed in society and um Definitely, you know, and in what's happened here, with, and I don't want to, I don't want to yeah. reveal it yet because I, I want the, I want the listener to have sort of the same organic experience mm-hmm. um, that we had when we discovered this and judge it for themselves. So, uh, listener, you know, we have a girls like us logo. Uh, we don't use it a lot because um, it is. You know, like we more so use like our show graphic for mm-hmm. things or like promo photos of us. But nevertheless, we do have a logo. And yeah, uh, I took a solid 45 minutes designing it on Canva one mm-hmm. day, like, you know, maybe mm-hmm. a year and a half ago. Um, and that logo, you know, you've probably seen it if you have like a GLU sticker or like mm-hmm. a GLU t-shirt. We use it like, you know, in the little corner of um, our Instagram posts uh, when I'm not too anxious to make Instagram posts. <laughs> um, and that logo, what does it look like? Um, it's, you know, a red word that says girls followed by a yellow word that says like and then mm-hmm. a blue word that says us. Forming mm-hmm. girls like us in primary colors. It's creative. It's original. It's clean. It's like whatever Justin Timberlake says about you know changing, dropping the the from Facebook yeah. um, at the at the you know uh, during the social network, like all of these things. And it's like um, he de- describes in his one song that's like black shoes at the white shows, <laughs> white shoes at the. I know that's Jay Z's verse, but right. What song am I talking about? Oh, um. Uh, um, that's why they call it a fatty. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll be on my suit and tie. Doesn't he say shit and tie? Like, is that actually what they're saying? There? I, I think because it's, it's I'll like be on my suit and tie, shit, tie, I would. I think that he is genuine because I I remember that song came out when we were like maybe sophomores in high school. Yeah. Like, um, and they did like the there was like a clean version of it and so right. he's like i'd be on my suit and tie and then we go and tie and tie like so like what was <laughs> he saying yeah i specifically remember um i uh had asked this guy if he wanted to go to the dance marathon with me who was in my chamber choir and he said mm. no and then mm. i saw him at the dance marathon and he was wow. really cut cutting a rug to suit and tie and i was like damn i missed out yeah i remember that was like one of the few like one of the last like CDs I ever bought, like where yeah, I was 20, like, oh. the twenty twenty experience or forty forty whatever it's called. Yeah, exactly, whatever the fuck it's called. And it's yeah. like it's literally the cover is him in a tuxedo, like, like taking an eye exam. 
Um, I don't know what that's in reference to. But anyway, so as Justin Timberlake would say in The Social Network, you know, our logo is clean. It's original. It's effective. You see it. You automatically know, oh, that's something called Girls Like Us. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they like primary colors and cute Canva fonts. So the other day, I don't know. I think I was just scrolling through the internet, you know, as I do, buying things and looking at (laughs) pornography probably. And what did I find? But um, so there's this new movie, and I'm going to tell you some of the people that are in this movie. It's not a new movie. Franny, it's a new movie. No, it came out in 2017. Oh, wow. See, I thought this was a new movie. Oh, you know what? I was looking for a movie to watch on, movie to watch on Apple TV. Mm Well, I'm going to still— I would say makes it even more egregious because they were ripping us off before we even— Existed, you know, exactly. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say some of, the, some of the people that appear in this movie. Uh, Jeremy Irons. <laughs> Who is Jeremy Irons? <laughs> Jeremy Irons is in M. Butterfly. He's the white guy in M. Butterfly. <laughs> I'm sure that's the way he likes to be described. Yeah. Jeremy Irons. <laughs> the white the, guy in M. Butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Actually, we know this movie was from 2017 because who's who's second billing on this but Alicia Vikander, yeah. who, you know, famously won uh, won a an Oscar for uh, her role as the wife of the Danish girl in The Danish Girl mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, never worked again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two people who I absolutely don't know who these people are, Khalid Abdallah and Jim Broadbent. Jim Broadbent is like, you look at him and you're like, he was in Downton Abbey, but he wasn't. Um, he's uh, the dad in Bridgerton's Diary and he's in Paddington movies. He's like, you know how British actors are always like, they're in like five movies every year. He's like one of those guys. Okay. Yeah. He never was, heard of him. He was but the wife of Margaret Thatcher in The Iron Lady. The wife of Margaret Thatcher. I mean, the husband of Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. Uh, get it straight. Margaret Fat Thatcher would never have a wife. Um She's not down like that. But yeah. this is all to say that, you know, so, like, I look at this movie poster. The first thing I see are these names and then the word birds. Okay. Mm. A normal thing to have in the title of a movie, the word birds. Like, I can think of a lot of, like, can you, like, like give me some movies that you've seen where the there title includes. Yeah, birds. So Bur- there the are birds. birds. The birds. Happy feet. <laughs> Happy feet, Im- like, implies bird implies, behavior. It implies bird behavior. Um, so I'm looking at this, and I'm like, okay, this is a movie. I kind of, it's like, I see where you're going with mm-hmm. the word birds. Birds, to me, is something that's appropriate to be in the title of a movie. Right. Um, and this word birds appears in these big, bright red letters. Mm. And next, Mm. I kind of, the next word that I see when I'm reading this, I kind of dip my toe into the next word. Um, And it's this big yellow, you know, insignia that reads like. Mm. So what I have so far is birds like. Birds like what? Birds like flying. Birds like food. Birds like eating food. Yeah. Birds Birds like like dancing. Birds like getting stuck inside of a target and like flying around the top of a target and you're like, oh my God, there's a bird in target. Birds like being in the airport and then you're like, there's a bird in the airport. Right. And you're like, oh my God, the parallel here is insane because birds fly and planes fly. So birds like, I'm like, so I go through the process that we just did and I'm like, what do birds like? I'm I'm trying, I'm like, what, you know, what kinds of things do birds like? All of these things come to mind. It goes red, red birds, yellow, like the third word is where I go. Whoa. (laughs) Like, whoa. (laughs) 
how has this happened? And that word is us. And Mm. it appears on this poster in a bright blue. So the top word is red, birds. The second word is yellow, like. The third Mm -hmm. word is us, blue. You see where the problem is. Yes, I do. Which is that this 2017 movie starring (laughs) Jeremy Irons and Alicia Vikander, which I should say is animated, so all of those people, you know, probably participated in the project remotely, is ripping off of our logo. Yeah, yeah. And I think what's, like, so, like, frustrating about this specifically is that obviously there's no other explanation other than um, that Jeremy Irons, like, built a time machine because he was mad that I described him right now as the white guy in M. Butterfly. <laughs> and he went back and and he's, like, upset. He's like, my character's name was Professor Duty or whatever. Whatever <laughs> 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 his name is Butterfly. Um, you know, there's, this is interesting because this is in 2017, but one thing that I did notice that came out this year that it does almost look exactly like our logo, and I'm not accusing them of ripping us off, but the Wonder Years reboot it is in it, almost the exact same font, and I think two, like one of the colors are switched, but it's almost the exact same kind of like pastel-y primary colors. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I just yeah. think that there's a conspiracy against us, and you know. I, I think so too. I mean, the Birds Like Us thing is like uncanny. I'm trying to think yeah. if like maybe like, like in 2017, so okay, 2017, that's, <laughs> we that's saw this five movie. years ago. Yeah, I'm trying to think like maybe like, was this like movie pass era? Like, is there, is there this? Yeah, this was movie pass era. This was movie pass era. So it's entirely possible that like during 2017, 2017 was also a time where I was, you know, I'm not going to say it outright. Uh, and give anybody a reason to bring legal action mm-hmm. against me. But not only was I regularly seeing movie pass movies and just seeing any movie that I could, I was also like, you know, taking certain substances while seeing those movies. Mm. So it's entirely possible that like maybe I was in like more of like a subconscious sort of feral state mm-hmm. and saw birds like us. So I don't remember it like at the top of the mind, but somewhere, you know, deeper within the hippocampus, it lies as a more dormant memory. Mm -hmm. Um, All I can say is that Jeremy Irons and Alicia Vikander, you guys are out of luck because your girl has had one and a half semesters of law school and knows a lot (laughs) about suing actors for projects that they participate in that may or may not have ripped off the logo of a middling podcast that doesn't exist yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and with that, let's re-enter the realm of Gossip Girl. Mm, Sophie, this book, something happens in this book that I think will in, in enraged me. I'm assuming it enraged you and probably particularly will in, enrage the listeners of our podcast, many of whom I'm guessing are English majors, <laughs> perhaps have work published sometimes. Yeah. And that is that in this book, and we'll explain the context later, but Dan, um, he thinks that his sister and his girlfriend, Vanessa, are acting slutty. He writes a poem called Sluts. Um, it's mean. Then his girlfriend, Vanessa, feels bad. And so she submits it to the New Yorker for him. Like a week later, yeah. he gets an acceptance letter. And oh, he's going to be in the New Yorker. And not only does it piss me off that like, first of all, when you read uh, The New Yorker, I've never read a poem all the way through in the New Yorker. I think that they're always like really dense and hard to read. So nothing like this would be published. But what pissed me off the most about this was that he got an acceptance within one week. Yeah, I, I agree with that. 
I'm like, you, dude, if you, if you submit anything anywhere, you forget that you submitted it until you get that rejection letter. Exactly. Well, here's later. the thing. Even in times I've submitted things that were like timely, mm-hmm. like people, like even when you submit the, even when on, you know, the editor's website or in communication with the editor, they're like, hey, if you have something that's like, you know, t- like relevant, like time wise, mm-hmm. like send it with a notification on the email that it's relevant time-wise. Even with those, it's like, oh, six months maybe. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. and he gets a letter in the mail, so we also have to adjust a couple days in there for, like, the letter being processed and yeah. everything. Um, that, I'll read you know, the poem, and you guys can judge for yourself if you think this is New Yorker quality. Well, here's the thing. that I will say that I, I'm not, I, first of all, I don't like poetry in general. I think that it's a, I think that it's a, like an art form that is like kind of made unnecessary by the, you know, newer uh, inventions of prose and music. But um, I like the poems in the New Yorker are quite diverse. Like you yeah. can really, the, the New Yorker does offer a very, very, um, uh, you know, diverse selection of poems. I, have liked a couple poems I've read in The New Yorker, but probably being a New Yorker subscriber now for several years, in the I've probably read hundreds at this point, and I've probably only liked, like, two. Right. They're always, like, very, like, traditional, I find, and that's fine, but, like, I, in, in their, like, density level, but it's just, like, not something that I've ever, like, enjoyed that type of poetry, really, and it's, like, clearly these people have studied poetry, like, it's not oh, yeah. someone just dashing off. Like, there's a lot of form there, and that's just not something I'm always equipped to read. This is the poem Poems called— suck. Poems yeah. suck. All poems suck. <laughs> this is the poem called Sluts by Dan. Um, Wipe the sleep from my eyes and pour me another cup. I see what you've been trying to tell me all along. Shaving your head and handling me so delicately. With satin and lace, you're a whore? <laughs> That's not the entire poem. Uh, that's yeah, it is. That's what. No, it's not. What, no, it's okay, not. They say Sophie, after that. What, they say after that. They say after that that he oh, yeah, started he to write more. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. But this is what we get of it. That is what we get of it. Yeah. Um. Ugh. So I'm just assuming that it gets better after that. Yeah, I'm sure it does. <laughs> <laughs> from what we learned from that, I, I think hey, I really think it really does. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's give him the yeah. benefit of the doubt. Um, and it seems really subversive to me too. Exactly. <laughs> a high school boy calling his girlfriend and sister <laughs> sluts as has famously never happened before. No. And, and, you know, his girlfriend, um, is a slut because she, she wore, uh, lingerie. And that's, that's why true. She's a slut. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I believe that too. Honestly, like that's true. Uh, like, uh, do I feel bad for him that a woman put on lingerie for him? Yes. Do I think yeah. he deserves to be published in the New Yorker because of it? Also, yes. Yes, obviously. What I love about it is just like the total, like Vanessa reads it and kind of shrugs her shoulders and goes, damn, like. He got me. He's right. <laughs> yeah, he read like, me. He read yeah. me for Phil. I love that. She's literally like, oh, damn. Like he literally is like my girlfriend. Yeah, she's a, a I don't even want to say the word. She's a whore. And she's, she's like, wow, what a good descriptive word for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Sophie, what happens in this book? What's kind of the broad overarching plot line? This is a Christmas book. So Mm -hmm. it's holiday seasons. It leaves off, I think they say like a month after um, 
the book that we read last time. This now feels like worlds away because we Mm -hmm. skipped a couple weeks of Gossip Girl. But um, I will say this book hit a slump for me. It felt very, like, plot-heavy in a way Mm -hmm. that was just, like, uh, like there was a lot of filler. Um, Yeah, like, the the Serena, Serena's whole storyline in in this is, like, basically, like, Bono likes her. Like, a guy who's, like, the younger equivalent of Bono is into her, and she, like, is like, oh, I don't like you, and that's it for her story. And she's one of the more interesting characters. We don't get to see basically anything from her perspective in this book. No. Um, yeah, so the whole, like, it's it's Christmas, and so all of these, like, rich characters are going to be doing their, like, rich holiday things. So uh, Serena and Blair are going to St. Bart's with Br- Br- Blair's family. Um, and, you know, as we said at the end of last book, they become friends again, and it's, you know, so now their storylines are linked. Um mm-hmm. We have, like, Nate and Jenny are still dating, and, yeah. like, yeah. Nate it's, is just, like, so frustrating to read because it's, like, literally whatever girl he's with in these books, he wants to be with someone else. And, yeah. like, he doesn't really have, like, the mental capacity to feel bad about it. And he is high all the time in a book, in the book, which does not make for an interesting narrative okay. to read. Here's a question. So this book, every other paragraph, they're describing Nate as a stoner. Yeah. Was he a stoner before this book? Yeah, he was smoking weed a lot. And he would always be like, I gotta, like, take a hit of this joint before I go over to fuck Blair. Okay, I guess I just never picked up on it before. Because in this one now, literally every other paragraph, it's like, Nate was fiending to score. What did he want to score? Weed. Weed, And I'm like, okay. Yeah, like, first of all, like... I don't feel like that's the, like I feel like a New York City high schooler is not going to be like I'm fiending to score weed like yeah. that, it feels like those that's usually language that's reserved for something a little bit harder mm-hmm. um and also and like fiending to score coffee yeah yeah it's so like it's these characters are so frustrating because I'm like and there's no like like you just said Nate has no reflexive power at all and we right. only get really one short little like mini paragraph in this book of like it being like Nate had actually never thought about Jenny and Blair like in comparison to one right. another before he just usually thinks about whatever's in front of him and I'm like go deeper there because that means yeah. something's <laughs> wrong like, yeah something's wrong um yeah like i don't know like Nate um is like really just thinking um, like he, like in his mind, like uh, this is one of the things he says. So it would, so Jenny's describing this dress she got, it would take exactly four months worth of allowance to pay her father back for the dress, but they didn't have to know that he thought she looked like a tiny black and white angel, an angel with the best set of bazongas he had ever seen. Yeah. And then like, literally he'll be like, there's one point where like if Jenny and Blair are in the same room, like he's just like his mind, like cannot focus on both of them at the same time. He's like, Blair has a great ass. Oh, but Jenny, Oh, she has those amazing tits. Yeah. It's just gross because, yeah. like, they do remind us in this book that Jenny is it's literally like 14. 14. <laughs> and he's and like, I don't want to have sex with her. I yeah, just he's like, see her huge tits all the time. Yeah, and her ass. Like, yeah. now this, there becomes some, some, ass some ass play situation here when he buys her a thong. Yeah. And she, like, takes off her skirt in the middle yeah. of Central Park to, well, like, show him. Let's go off, off of their storyline. So, basically, their whole thing is, like, Jenny really likes Nate. Like, she yeah. says... I love you. And Nate is like, he's like sweet to her kind of, or what she thinks is sweet. 
but he's really like not that interested, even though they're dating and he's still thinking about Blair kind of, um, or nothing. I think he just kind of sees whatever is in front of him and he's like, yeah. Um, but there's, they go to the, um, store to buy each other presents, which I was, did you think this was weird? Like it's like um, weird that like he, cause he sends her this text. He's like, I'm going to take you Christmas shopping later. Yeah. I just thought that the whole thing was weird. What I do appreciate, because I will say the the main thing I was focused on in this shopping section was the fact that they go to like, like Barney's or some other mm-hmm. like department store to shop. And what ends up happening is like, she just by virtue of like, kind of like what's on sale, like buys yeah. him these like cute silk boxers with like sailboats on them because he's yeah. really into sailing. And then he's, like, kind of gets inspired by this and takes her to, like, the lingerie section. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was, like, a very funny thing of, like, uh, like there's something to be said about, like, high schoolers, like, lampooning what they think, like, adult sexuality is. Mm-hmm. Which, like, these people, both of them are very clear about the—in their respective narratives are very mm-hmm. clear about the fact that they actually don't intend to have sex with this other person. Right. Nate's reason being that, like, he's not super into her and she's, like, actively 14. Um, and mm-hmm. her reason being that, like, she doesn't, like, fully have sexual feelings yet. Like, she's, like— yeah, she's just kind of like she I mean she likes kissing him, but she right. she's not like waiting to she doesn't want to have sex with him. Yeah, yet. she's a, she's 14. She, she's like, 14. Yeah, like she's interested in like the the like romance and the kissing and like this idea of sex, but she actually has not given any thought to like real sex. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's funny like they end up in this situation that I feel like high schoolers often get into where they're like pushing this boundary of being like, oh, we're going to go get lingerie. But actually they're both so uncomfortable about it because like nothing about it. It's all of like the embarrassment about sexuality Mm -hmm. with none of the actual, like, I don't know, like now being like, like 24 years old and like walking into a lingerie with store with my boyfriend, like while holding groceries and being like, what do you think this one does? You know, like, yeah, I think what's interesting is about it is like, and I'm sure there are people who are, like, more, like, fashion, I don't know, tuned in than than me, who maybe do, like, legitimately, like, like to wear lingerie, like, under clothes. But I think in media, there's a lot more, like, a, a good way to, like, show, like, sex is going to happen, and they're both really into it, is to have the girl show up in, like, crazy lingerie. Mm-hmm. When in reality, you're not buying lingerie every time you have sex. And no. it comes off. It is fun <laughs> once in a while to to have new lingerie. But, like, I think you, if you were to watch a movie, you would think that it always has to be, you know, involved. And I think that's part of, like, I remember, like, buying a thong from, like, like Abercrombie. And I was like, this is the sexiest thing. Yeah. And it's just, like, a blue, you know, piece of fabric. And it's, like, no one, I think that's kind of almost a way of, like, exploring your sexuality maybe a little bit. But, like, not having sure. to, like... Like, yeah, because like, but in an actual like sexual situation, they it's it's more about feeling sexy as yourself versus, I think that a lot of times teens maybe perceive it as like, well, this is part of sex, right? This is, is lingerie, yeah, yeah. This is because of sex, type yes, behavior, yeah, yeah. Type I, beat. I just this is because of sex type beat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on that. This is because of sex type beat. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that this book actually got into which is mm-hmm. so often ignored in the media which is that lingerie is uncomfortable yes. and somebody needs to be telling people this because there's always these like I don't know like my boyfriend will 
buy me lingerie and I'm very I'm very appreciative of it and he gets me like some nice like stuff. songs I mean like just like the regular explain like, that I, expand I mean upon I that. don't know like yeah it's just like like he'll just like buy me like like sets of things or whatever yeah um sometimes it I am shocked Nick knows your bra size I feel like for a boyfriend that's Nick has my measurements on a, in a note <laughs> Oh, yeah, because he likes phone. to, like, dress you like a little designer Barbie doll, kind of. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, he, yeah, he has, like, a, he like has a all streamer my, Barbie. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, phantom threading me. Um, yeah. I literally, everything I wear is because, because, like, Nick, if you see, like, me, if you see a post on Instagram of me, it's, like, because I'm wearing something that Nick bought me. Like, right, everything yeah. I buy for myself is, like, made well jeans, and like yeah. a t-shirt with Sweater. like some guy on it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, but no, so like, yeah, Nick literally on his phone has like my full body like measurements <laughs> that he goes in. So he's he's more well equipped to buy things for me than I am. Like yeah. Nick will buy things for me without telling me, and they will fit me better than things I just kind of guesstimate been by yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah. That's um, funny. But like something that, you know, and I'll like I'm gonna stress because I think he's listening to me. I'm very appreciative mm-hmm. that he buys me these things. And I really, I really do like it. However, then it's kind of like, and now you're going to wear this under your clothes. And I'm like, yeah. no, no, I'm not no, going to do never. that. It's so uncomfortable. I'll come home. I'll take a shower. I'll, you know, put it on. But uh-huh. like, you know, while you're in the other room and I I can pretend like I just took my clothes yeah. off. But it's never will I ever wear like underwear with like garter straps under no. a dress. It's no, so it's uncomfortable. Hard. And like as someone who like basically like, I don't know if I'm going to wear a bra, it's like just the most big day. Like it's a big day. And I have ne- I don't think I've in like other than maybe a strapless bra that has underwire. I don't, I don't know my bra size anymore. I haven't worn an underwire bra in like years and years. It's yeah. like not because it's not comfortable. No. So like add like lace onto that. And it's like, no, no, thank you. Wearing a bra will ruin your whole day. And if you maybe not everything with underwear, but, but definitely on, on the top and sometimes with underwear, you can see the texture through what you're like. Lingerie is not good to wear under stuff because it'll be bumpy. Yeah. Oh, so. speaking of, well, I have two things to say. One, I wore a real bra uh, just under a regular shirt to school mm-hmm. the other day because I couldn't find any of my like bra yeah. Like literally, I was like digging out. I was like, oh, I guess I have to wear this underwear bra. My boobs looked so huge <laughs> because like I was like you know wearing something with like support, like a little padding. Yeah, yeah. That I was like literally walking around all day with my arms crossed over my chest. And I was like, this, I'm obscene right now in this yeah. t-shirt. Like my tits are just going every which way. And then also, I have to say, I, I did tweet about this. So, you know, I'm sorry for reusing my own thought. But f- Big Feminism did a war on Spanx, you know, mm-hmm. starting about 10 years ago. Saying, uh, like, people, you know, it's so unfeminist to have to force your body into Spanx. Spanx are amazing. Like, I have recently gotten back. I actually bought, I, I have you to thank for this because I, mm-hmm. I bought a pair of Spanx to wear with the dress I wore to your birthday party. Yes. Because it was a that very was a good thin look. white linen. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I can't wear any, like, normal underwear under this because right. it'll show. But I also need to be kind of, like, sucked in or else, like, every yeah. crevice of my body is going to show. Um, and I've been wearing them. It's like... You can throw on a pair of Spanx and all of a sudden it's like you look like it's like this that's why like people like Kim Kardashian look so good all the time because she's always like sucked to the gods. Right. And I think it's almost more of like making your body into like the perfect like canvas. It's like you're turning yourself into a mannequin. Right. Um I, and I mean, it's more think, comfortable because you're not yeah. like my big old belly's gonna flop out and smack somebody across the <laughs> face. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, did, are they skims? Did you no. get your skims set? I have a skims dress. I sent you a picture of that. Oh, yeah, it's, you did. That was cute. That Nick yeah, bought yeah. for me. But it's also one of those things where, like, it's very comfy, and I mostly just wear it to bed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's very booby, and it's the kind of thing, like— like, yeah. I wear it while, like, doing errands around the house, and, like, my boobs will just fall out. They'll so. just go, Bloo. Yeah. Um, yeah. I either have to, like, tape them or do something yeah. if I want to wear it out. Which boob tape also, while we're talking about lingerie and shapewear. Boob tape's good. Boob tape's incredible. Mm-hmm. Nobody talks about it enough. It's the most comfortable bra you'll ever wear. Yeah, because it's just, you're just pulling it up. Thunk. It's like, thunk. <laughs> Get it out of there. Not thinking about it. I wore boob <laughs> tape out the other night, and, like, the whole night I was like, wow, I don't have to think about where my boobs are going to go right now. Yeah, they're just, they're just like, they're it's not in my business. In. Because if they fall out, guess what? You can't see them. I look like a Barbie doll. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so what happens with them after, the, the the inciting slut incident is, they're in the park, and Nate had just taken her to the Nutcracker, which he loves. He like is like, I love when the freaking tree gets big in the Nutcracker. It makes me feel like I'm on E. I think, yeah, I think it was supposed to be, like, a stoner thing. I think it's supposed yeah. to be, like, a joke where it's, like, oh, like, he's a stoner, so he loves the Nutcracker. Yeah. Um, and then he takes Jenny because he and Blair had gone every year, so he's kind of reminiscing on Blair. And they walk out, and Jenny's, like, I'm wearing the thong that you got me. And then he's, like, let me see it. And they're, like, in Central Park, and he, like, pulls down her pants and kisses her ass. And then... um uh, she's like, let me see, are you wearing yours? And he checks, and he's like, no, I'm not. And then they cuddle up under a coat, and Vanessa is just, like, taking a picture of it. She's, like, filming because she's just trying to get some, like, B-roll or something, and she's like, this is great. She doesn't know who they are. Then they get back, and they're all at this, like, dinner at Dan's house, and she's like, oops, that was that was um, Jenny and Nate. But then her sister, like, borrows her camera and uploads the video. Like, her friends upload the video. And then so everyone's seeing this. They, but they keep describing it as, like, porn. And I'm like, right. number one, if she was far enough away that she didn't see them, like, this was, like, across a lake. Yeah. And number two, like, it's like, they look like they were fucking under the coat. It's like, no, they didn't. Yeah. Who just, like, I'll- had his coat around her. Right. And it's like, a guy looking at his boxers is not, like, scandalous. He was just, like, looking down his waistband. I think it's, like, a very, like, I think it's a very just, like, childish impulse to be, Mm -hmm. like, obviously they're fucking, like, when, like, two people are just, like, rolling. Like, I remember my friends and I used to go to, we were actually just talking about this the other day. Like, when we were, like, you know, 10 years old, we would go hang out at this park, like, by my other friend's house. And, like, teens would always, like, go to that park to make out and, like, Mm -hmm. be, like, rolling around in the the grass or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we always were, like oh, my God, like, they're literally having sex right now. And it's like, no, they weren't. Like, they're in the grass. They're They're outside. They're just hanging out. Leave them alone. Yeah, you don't want a bug crawling up there, so you're not. You're not fucking out there. Sex outdoors. Thoughts? No. I think my thought (laughs) is no. Yeah, I think First of all, there's nowhere. I mean, like, maybe if you're in a perfectly sterile private environment, but that's not going to happen, so... Yeah. If like you're on the grass, there's a bug. If you're on the beach, there's sand. And there's always people and the risk of uh, sex offender registry. So, no, thank you. Yeah, I feel the same way. I, like, I could see, like, like, at those, like, like hotels where, like, like, the resorts where you have, like, a little private outdoor area. Mm-hmm. Like, but even then, it's, like, it's never the right temperature outside. No. You're going to be too cold or too hot. Yeah. Like, outside, Ugh. get, do better. Be the right better Mother Nature. Um, So also in this book, and then at the end of the book, 
Nate had also gone into Jenny's room and saw that she had painted him a lot. And he was like so weirded out by that. But she, it wasn't like she'd paint, like she just was using one portrait of him to be like, I'm trying this in Monet or whatever. Um, it was on her walls. Oh, that is a little, that's a little odd. Um, like she painted him directly onto the walls. That's yeah. the one part that I was like, yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah. But he gets freaked out and then he decides that they're broken up while he's like, over breaking Christmas, and then he comes back and is about to kiss Blair on midnight, and he told Blair, like, oh, yeah, um, me and Jenny broke up, and then Jenny comes to this party and is upset, obviously, um, and I bet in the next book, he's going to be with Blair, and then he's going to be like, actually, Jenny looks really hot. Yeah. <laughs> Her bazoongas right. look so big. The um, most perfect bazoongas I ever did see. Yeah. Yeah, I hated this plot line. Yeah. I hate the Humphrey family. Okay, and we, in this one, like, there's a lot of jokes about their dad being a communist. Like, I feel like his job changes every, but he, like, has a shirt that says, save the commies on it. And then he's like, oh, because he's a communist, he was putting curry powder in his lasagna. Right. Which that lasagna sounded so nasty because it was, lasagna, I mean, curry powder I can see in a lasagna, but it had rum in it. And And it had so much rum that it, yeah, so much rum that it caught on fire. Yeah, I, like, was so disgusted by the, like, the many, like, it just kept cutting back to him making his quote-unquote famous lasagna. And, like, obviously, like, the author's doing a bit where she's listing all these ingredients that are, like, gross and don't go together. But, like, the whole time, yeah, I'm just, like, what is, like— yeah. Like, why—like, I'm so disgusted by this lasagna, I don't even want to be reading this scene anymore. He um also—the one thing that was a little bit funny from from that is that— he has like uh, like their dad brings a friend over named Lyle who <laughs> like always adds little flourishes to people's names. So he said, "Hello, Danielson." He probably thought it was hilariously funny, but Dan didn't see the humor in it. Yeah. And I was like, "That's really on on the mark." But I think I think more specifically for like college boys of being like, "Oh, hello," like Franiqua or like whatever, yeah. like just adding a little. Little flair. Taliwa, Sophie-wa, yeah. Franny-wa. Um, I feel like you always have a dad's friend who you're like, oh my God, I really hope this guy isn't coming over. Right, yeah. And then you're like, ah, hey. <laughs> hey what's what's and it's always like your dad's friend who like doesn't have any kids who's like, you know, like, I feel like your kids are my kids. And you're like, no. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> we see you once a year. What are you talking about? Like, oh my God. Like that's funny. Uh, people who like I don't know like my my parents have like recently like you know I don't I won't say anything too specific but my parents have recently like made friends with um this group of people who like don't have any kids um, yeah. and they're all like my parents age right but they yeah. just like don't have any children and so like whenever we're around they just like have no idea like what to do with us they're like <laughs> even so, though you like, guys are all adults now yeah exactly <laughs> like the youngest like, of you is what 19 like yeah they're like we want to get to know you and i'm like okay and then they're like so like what do you Any like? boyfriend yeah yeah and like, exactly yeah. i'm like <laughs> yeah he's here like um, yeah he's right next to me yeah like it's just really funny like people who like don't have kids interacting with their friends adult children because it's mm-hmm. like I'm like we can just like be real like it's okay yeah. like you don't have to like treat me like a child. I haven't experienced that because I think like most of my parents like good friends are also like like either like my godfather or my godmother and like 
and they are all, so they've all like grown up and were great babysitters. And now like, I know them well as adults too. And I think some of that is that they're all like actors. And I wonder if it's, you have to work with kids like in Cincinnati theater. It's like, there's always going to be some like random, like, I don't know, like Von Trapp child who's in something. I think you kind of get used to like dealing with kids, like on a, on a, on a collegial level. Yeah. Um, So that, I think that helps a little bit. Being an being an actor is great experience with with dealing with children. Yeah, that's, that's a really funny. <laughs> yeah, I I just think it's funny like that people really do like I you know as a kid like I always felt it being around like maybe like friends of my parents who didn't have kids or mm-hmm. you know people who didn't have kids like the weird like you could always feel it as a kid like that this person's just like not interested in me and like that's yeah. fine because I'm not interested in them. But you really do forget then, like, as an adult, like, all of a sudden you're an adult and you're like, oh, my God, I was a kid once and I felt that feeling of, like, right. being around childless people. But, like, I – now I'm, like, I feel like I'm projecting that energy onto children onto the sometimes. Kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, No, totally. Know. Yeah, it's, especially being, like, well, I don't really know what to do with you. And not in a way that's, like, well, I don't know what to do with a baby. It's just, like, I don't – Yeah, like uh, – Like, I, I have such, like, limited attention span with children – yeah. Um, and I'm like, can you not like not not to them, obviously, but, you know, sometimes with a child, I'm like, you can chill out. Like, I'm yeah. like, you're being a drama queen. <laughs> I like, like get annoyed with their like moral reasoning behind doing what they're doing. Ooh, it's like, yeah, that's uh, the, why I would me, not be a good parent. <laughs> I love like I love hanging out with like toddlers mm-hmm. because they just they have no moral reasoning. Like they're right. just like, I'm just going to do stuff and like you're just going to follow me. Mm-hmm. And Like, you know, you can, like, my little cousin Ruby, who's two, like, she, like, if she wants to play something, like, the other day, we were trying to watch the Bengals game, Mm -hmm. and Ruby went into the basement and was like, I'm going to play in the basement, and, like, everybody else was, like, watching TV upstairs, Mm -hmm. and I was like, hey, Ruby, um, I think if we go upstairs, like, maybe I could give you an M&M, just, like, one (laughs) M&M, like, that's her, like, behavior system right now, is you can be like, hey, and then she's like, oh, Okay, yeah, let's go upstairs. Like, she was, like, holding me hostage in the basement until I was like, hey, um, I'll give you one M&M. And she goes, blue one? And I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> and then she go upstairs. Well, did she, did you then explain the M&M's rebranding to her? You said, she was so pissed. She yeah. literally called into Tucker Carlson and was like, Tucker, I stand with you. These fucking libs are ruining my culture. And now when I want a little treat for, like, doing a normal task, I'll be taking a runt instead of an M&M. Ugh, a runt. Yuck. <laughs> Did you have a candy you were bribed with? Mine was um chiclets, which are gum. But that was yeah. like when I was potty training, I was I was bribed with chiclets. We've talked about this before. Oh, Remember, yeah. mine were runts. That's why. Oh, I was, like, yours were runts. Up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would get like a single Ugh, single I banana. I blocked it runt. out of my memory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what happens with uh, Vanessa in this book to kind of go off the Dan situation? So she is, um, you know, like her and Dan are dating. Like, they're finally dating, because if you remember mm-hmm. in all the other books, they've, like, just been friends, and, like, she's had this huge crush on him. She really wants to have sex with him. She's had sex before with another boyfriend who's, mm-hmm. like, an older bartender. What that entails to me is, you know, pretty dark, considering he's she's 22. 17. And he's yeah. 22. I guess that's not bad, not as bad as him being, like, 25. It's kind still of, not good, though. I, I mean, mean, it's not it's not good, but it's not as bad as, like, you know, I kind of was thinking of this guy as like 20, 24, 25. Um, yeah. I guess but, I think I think of that difference not being too much. I'm like 22, you're out of college, you're working 
you're working a yeah, full-time you're job. Right. I should. I, I still mean, feel I, 22 because that's how old I was when the pandemic started. So, oh you my know. god, that is so dark. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so dark. And we'll be t- probably 27 before it's over. Don't like it if it ever ends. Sorry. Yeah, we'll see. I don't mean mm-hmm. to see. I don't mean to say that, but yeah, kind of how I feel. Um, yeah. I just got so darked out. Yeah. Um, darked out, dude. Darked out, dude. So speaking of darked out, you know, she's, like, trying to have sex with Dan. Dan, like, doesn't want to have sex. I have some good passages mm-hmm. saved uh, about Dan's lack of wanting He's to so have annoying sex. in this. He sucks. But... I literally wish nothing but harm upon Dan. Yeah. I hope um, his poem gets pulled. I hope that's in the next book. I hope, like, the poem runs, and then a few years later, he gets, like— gets canceled. Yeah, exactly. Like, he, like, wants to write a movie, and they pull up that poem, and they're like, oh, my God, this guy hates women. Maybe it'll start, like, a cat person-esque discourse within the the world of Gossip Girl. Okay, here's here's about Dan wanting to have sex. Any normal boy thinking about sex would have instantly thought about taking his girlfriend's clothes off. However, Dan wasn't a normal boy. Instead of <laughs> so you can say taking, that again. <laughs> yeah, literally. Instead of taking Vanessa's instead of thinking about taking Vanessa's clothes off, he was thinking about words. And the fact is, there's nothing sexy about plain old words unless they're being used in a sexy way. Okay, dipshit. Yeah, there's nothing sexy about plain old like lingerie unless it's being used in a sexy way. Um, he'd read enough critical theory to know that some of the most cliched <laughs> ways to write about sex were using images of blooming flowers, sunrises, and fireworks. Franny, what critical theory is Dan yeah, reading? I Let like me what, know. Well, this is what they're trying to ban in Texas, Sophie, and I and I think they should. <laughs> I think they should too. Because yeah. if that's what it's producing, honey, I don't need kids reading that. <laughs> if all of a sudden he's going to be like, if I was normal, yeah, I'd be thinking about sex. But um, I'm kind of different i'm kind of weird i'm kind of crazy yeah. so i've read enough like about you sex. know thoughts on like authorship to know yeah right blooming flowers mean having sex i've read enough like i'm like that's like analysis i'm like what are you yeah right whatever. it's not critical theory i've read no. enough like weird like totally imparsible word salad like legal theory things for this fucking class i'm taking um that i know like you know, theories of law and economics are being challenged by a group of white women uh, at some law school somewhere. I'm, um, I'm reading. Uh, he's read enough Spark Notes to know that those are those are images that are metaphors for sex. Right. Exactly. Uh, like Dan Humphrey, you're not out here reading like Jay Halberstam or like Gloria Anseldua. Like, shut yeah. the fuck up. You suck. Um. Yeah. So he. Uh, is having writer's block. And at first he's like, I don't want to have sex with her. Like, I'm not interested in sex. I actually have this weird idea that I'm going to wait till I'm married to have sex. Oh, so he can name all his kids. He can have his kids with his wife. Yeah. Um, um, and his kids are named. Um, he wanted to have five children and name them after his five favorite writers. Um, Kafka, Goethe, Sartre, Camus, and Keats. Um, and also he, there's a really, her, his first time in this book, there's a very odd thing that it says, Daniel Humphrey bit Vanessa Abrams pinky nail off and spat it onto the brown shag rug on his bedroom floor. And that's how it starts off. Cause the pinky nail was so much longer than the others. And he was tired of the way she was always accidentally scratching him with it. Yeah. It's like, Oh, how are you just Disgusting. chopping it off? Yeah. Ima- like imagine like, 
Uh, uh, like someone like, else's, yeah. Yeah, like I'm imagining like Nick biting my pinky nail off and just spitting it onto the ground, and I would probably start yelling at him. And he'd be like, no, yeah. I'd be like, fuck you, that's disgusting. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he like doesn't want to have sex, and then he has writer's block, and so he's mm-hmm. like, oh, like actually I want to have sex because yeah. sex will cure my writer's block. He reminds me literally so much of this guy who I, who was like a really like, you know, good in English classes. Like he, and he like graduated early English major who was, and he was like, always like this, like always like reading poetry and stuff. And then he texted me and he was like, uh, I think we should have sex. Cause I'm tired of, of jacking off. Like, and, and it's like, but oh, like in you his told mind, he this. was literally like, yeah, but, and it, which is obviously like gross, but it's also like, he is just like, there's this type of guy who is so like wrapped up in like intellectualism that they're like, well, I can make anything, you know, it's like, this is actually an intellectual reason. That's what Dan reminds me of. There was a guy in my, um, also in my English program in college who he was a little bit older because he had been in the army before coming Mm -hmm. to undergrad. And he always wore like one of those like newsboy caps. Yeah. And, um, he was always, you know, talking like super, like, like I'm editorializing, but pretentiously about like the things we would read in class. And then one time, like, I guess he must have like become friends with like some of my friends along the way. Cause one time I saw him at a party and we were like on the back porch, like smoking and talking. And he was like, can I show you something? And I was like, Absolutely. Like, what are you going to show me? And he took his shirt off and like his whole back was like, it was like a Ben Affleck level back tattoo. Oh my God. It was a tattoo of Ben Affleck. Yeah. Like, you know, like Ben Affleck's insane, like crazy, Mm -hmm. like eagle back tattoo. Like it was something like that. And I was kind of like, holy shit. And then like, didn't see him again. And then, like, a couple months later, he, like, brought me a bottle of wine on my birthday. And I was like, how'd you know it was my birthday? And it was, like, a really, like, I think it was, like, a... It was a very specific type of wine. I don't know how expensive yeah. it was, but it was not like was grocery it ice store wine? wine. No, it was I just, like I just knew a guy who was really not the same guy, but who was similarly like that. And he was like, I love ice wine. I don't like, even know. What that is. Like, we all have to do ice wine. And then he he told me that, like my friends were like talking about like Steven Universe, which whatever. But then he was like, you know, you shouldn't have I think that, that love isn't real, <laughs> is what he said. <laughs> it's like saying this to my like, friends who like are now married and who were like dating at the time. And he's like, but I think the thing is that like love isn't real. Oh. Um, and he's like, and Steven Universe proves this. Um, uh, so, yeah. Dark. I'm sorry if anyone out there likes Steven Universe. I just really got burnt out on hearing every single fucking person I knew talking about it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not for sorry. For years and years. I don't think it's, I think it's bad. And I think that I've never seen it. I actually don't know what it's about. But if you're an adult <laughs> watching an animated show and ha- having like group discussions about it, then maybe love isn't real for you because <laughs> you're fucked in the head. Um, okay. So yeah. So Dan wants to have sex. Vanessa, like she goes to like trying to get Dan to have sex with her. She goes to Victoria's Secret she keeps, they keep mentioning all these different types of underwear, one of which, have you ever heard of a tonga? They keep I mentioning had the same that. question. What the fuck is a tonga? And I looked it up and it's like, I couldn't get a clear definition. I think it's like kind of just like a hipster brief or like a cheeky, like what Ari might call like the cheeky or whatever, where it shows like a little more butt and it's like lower. But I, they, literally the word tonga was said like 
six times. And I've never heard of that type of underwear in my life. No idea. Yeah. No fucking idea. Um, that really bothered me. I, because I mm-hmm. also had the, the same thought. I think yeah. back in the day, cause this is like early two thousands that this book was written. They just called underwear different things and that we have to accept that. And live yeah. With it. We just have to understand the cultural difference there. Right. Exactly. And give them space to mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. grow into a different cultural understanding about underwear. Um, yeah, so she buys, like, all of this, like, sexy black lingerie, puts it on under her clothes, goes to Dan's house for the aforementioned lasagna night, and, like, he, like, wants to tell her that he wants to have sex with her. They yeah. go into his room. She strips down into this lingerie, and he's so disgusted by the sight of her in lingerie, to which I say, Dan, you're gay. It's okay that you're right. gay, but you are gay. Like, <laughs> that's why you're all, like— well, he's he's mostly disgusted by he's like, this is like not this is too cliche. Like I won't right. be able to write about this. I don't want our sex clad in black lingerie. I'm like, dude, there's only so many colors of underwear she could be wearing. Like I'm like, she'll be wearing underwear, I think, probably. Like you I gotta think get that over he's it. like, I have to all of a sudden just collide with a naked woman and that's yeah. like the only way. I, I think that he trip into her and his Right. Yeah penis go inside i think that he's gay or he just is not attracted to vanessa because like all of these excuses that he's coming up with well they're always kind of in this book like like the author is very kind of mean about how vanessa looks and i'm not sure what she because on the show like they made her really cute like and but in this book like blair is like oh that girl with the fat knees and it's like what does that mean like it's always like very specific things, and I'm like, you are describing this person like who does not sound like they look humanoid. Well, they say at the beginning of the book, like Vanessa's like, oh, like I want to lose some weight, but then Dan in Dan's like little head narration moment, it's like, why did Vanessa want to lose weight? She was already skinny. I guess she wanted to look emaciated like all the other girls. Mm. So I think that like maybe yeah. her knees. Just look like, I don't know. I'm stressed out thinking about fat knees. I know. It's like one of those things where whenever a book mentions something so specific, it's like this is unfortunate and upsetting that anyone would, would like, I'm like, like stuff that it's like, there's no qualifier for this. It's like something that like Us Magazine would be like, Mila Kunis, like you better watch out. Your knees are looking fat in this. Wow, yeah. yeah. And then it's like something where I'm, you know, now for the rest of my life, I have to be like, right, like my fat we, knees. Yeah. Gonna do some <laughs> knee targeting exercises. Yeah, new insecurity just dropped. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he doesn't want to have sex with her. That's when, like, the whole thing happens where the tape that she, that Vanessa took gets released. And Vanessa is kind of, like, oh, Dan will just know that I didn't release this tape of his sister. Which is also, like, her sister's older friends upload it, so it's not being uploaded to Gossip Girl. Who would no. be interested in this? No idea. It's not that crazy. It's like, these well, people... lots of people, oh, because okay, then that the, guy... Yeah, and then, uh, then this, like, film director is, like, interested in working with Vanessa. Which, and then Dan is like, oh, actually, well, she got my thing in The New Yorker, and actually, she's really smart, so I'll be with her. I do think that Dan is operating mostly, much like Blair is operating, kind of like putting everything as a movie. Dan is a little bit doing that in terms of like casting everyone like in a literary role. 100%. So it's a I just, equivalent. Yeah. The Dan thing is so disgusting to me. Like he just disgusts me so much because I just, I think that it's a very realistic 
depiction of like how high school boys who consider themselves to be like artsy and like not mm-hmm. like other boys like see women, which is like right. you are a slut or you're not. Yeah. Or you're the best thing ever. Yeah. And like you have to in order for me to like want to fuck you you have to be perfect right exactly like all of these weird human things about you and like you not masking your desire and choosing to wear Mm -hmm. lingerie like that's disgusting and i'm not fucking with it yeah um then we already covered what happened with serena in this book um but the other thing not really oh yeah just that this guy named Flo wants to fuck her and he's a rock star he's a rock star and he keeps sending her gifts one of which is like a bowl of baby barracudas which i'm like those are sharks right that i so many questions about yeah maybe they're not sharp but i'm like they're those are big too and so she keeps like giving her doorman them and i'm like dude you're just making more work for your like he does not want a giant chocolate bunny yeah Um, leave this man alone yeah and then well then they all go to um like I don't know, somewhere tropical for Christmas. St. Bart's. St. Bart's, right. yeah. Um, and then she and Aaron in this book is like, who is was is Blair's stepbrother, is like obviously like into Blair, but he's like mad at himself for it, which I'm like, dude, you've known her for a month and she's your age and you're not biologically related. It's okay. You're allowed right. to like be, like he feels really guilty. He's like, this isn't brotherly of me. It's like, well, you're barely, <laughs> you're not, you're not really her brother, you know, yet. Right. Um, but she, um, but then um, he actually ends up like liking Serena a little bit. So they kind of hook up at the end of this, um, and you know Serena likes him too. So, so whatever. He's the yeah. one to remind everyone. Uh, he white guy with dreads. Yeah, white dreads. Yeah. Um. So that's you know. Yeah. Do with that information what you please. Mm-hmm. Um. Blair spends this book. Like, trying to get into Yale once again because her early admission thing didn't work out because she kissed her interviewer. Yeah. And, also, and like, she was like, him, yeah, she might, like, commit suicide or something. Like, she Right. Like, like okay. Um, yeah. And she um, gets set up with Aaron's friend, Miles, mm-hmm. who, like, she's really into and seems to be, like, a good guy but, like, she's just kind of, like, not super into him, mm-hmm. I guess. Like, she's, like, he's, like, too much or something. And so she's trying to write this Yale admissions he's not essay. Made. Right. Yeah. She's trying to write this Yale admissions essay about Audrey Hepburn. Which, like, starts out as just, like, a biography and then eventually turns into, she's like, what could be more creative than writing? What if Audrey Hepburn went to Yale? Like, she writes, like, a fan fiction script that's, like, two pages long, and it's Audrey Hepburn, like, did something illegal. Like, she has, like, a gun. Yeah. And <laughs> Audrey Hepburn she's, like, turning in her paper. Right. And, like, yeah, it's, like, Audrey Hepburn, like, telling her professors that, like, her assignment's gonna be late. Yeah. I have no idea. Like, that was such a weird, like, I was reading the little, like, they have an insert of the little, like, screenplay, mm-hmm. And it's, like, I thought that it would have something to do with, like, the actions of, like, Gossip Girl. It no. doesn't. Yeah. Also, this is, like, the, what, now the third book in a row where Gossip Girl, we're seeing the posts on Gossip Girl, but nobody seems to know what Gossip Girl is. Right. And that's so frustrating to me. Me too. And I, I do believe that in the book series, from what I understand, we do not learn that there is a Gossip Girl. Because, of course, in the show, it's Dan. But in, right. the, but in the books, it, like, remains just an anonymous person, which 
But it's like, it's interesting because Gossip Girl is not writing about other New York socialites. She is only writing about this specific group of like five people. Right. Um, And also she's like, clearly like, she gives some concrete details about her life. Mm -hmm. You know, she's like, oh, I got an orange Hermes bag for Christmas, which is like, Mm -hmm. you know, those Hermes Birkin bags. First of all, I want one. A Birkin bag for Gossip Girl. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're a listener of this podcast and you want to get me a Birkin, let I think me they're kind of ugly. Sh- Brandy, shut up! You, nobody asked your opinion about Birkins. <laughs> the whole point I mean, is you that you're want to carrying me around, one. like, yeah, exactly. The whole point is that you're carrying around, like, it's like you know, fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, it's an like, investment. Yeah, it's like it accrues. It's the only bag that accrues value. That like it's not you're not. It's not supposed to look good. It could literally look like I don't know, like a cow's penis, and people <laughs> now, would be like, "Now, okay, if it did look like a cow's penis, I would be much more interested." Uh, in, right, of in course, that. you that'd would. be fun. Yeah, a novelty a cow penis. Yeah, I don't think but I know what a cow anyway. penis looks like, and I won't be looking it up. So, haha. Neither will I, and don't send yeah. us pictures Do because not. that would be disgusting. <laughs> no. Think about it before you send two mm-hmm. women a picture of a cow penis. A cow penis Think about yeah. how that looks. Um, anyway, gossip, like, you can't just get, like, a specialty, like, limited edition orange Birkin. Like, you that's have to be probably- on a wait list. If the one thing I learned before I deleted TikTok was this, it's that you have to be invited to buy a Birkin bag. And people would sometimes cut the line by being like, I'm pregnant. And then, exactly. or like that they would, like, lie and then they could, they could cut the line. But you, there's a wait list to buy a Birkin. Right. Like, you can't just, like, the way that you get off that wait list is, like, by being, like, I have more money than these other people, essentially. We've all seen the Lucy Liu episode of um, Sex in the City in which Samantha uses Lucy Liu's name to get a Birkin because she wouldn't have been able to get it otherwise. Exactly. So this is all to say that there aren't a lot of these limited edition Birkins that Gossip Girl is mm-hmm. talking about having gotten. So, like, you would know if you saw a girl carrying that around town. That's that Gossip, Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl. Yeah. And so is Gossip Girl, like, being facetious by saying that she got this Birkin? Is, is Gossip lying? Girl lying? Like, who knows? But right. basically, like, I that's just, that was my poll with that mm-hmm. specific thing that happened. Because I'm yeah. like, well, what? like, why? Why? The other thing that happens in this book is I I do feel bad for Blair because her mom's being terrible. I don't even know if we talked that much about this on the last uh, books episode, but when her mom gets married to her stepdad, they do it on Blair's birthday, mm. which is so terrible. Rude. Yeah. And then in this one, they take them all to the, the beach and then they're like, dancing around it but like obviously i knew that her mom was going to be pregnant because her mom's like no i'm not drinking and she like pats her stomach and yeah. was like hmm, i wonder what's up with that <laughs> and she's like i have to go puke now because i'm not yeah. drinking pat 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 yeah yeah um and then she's like i'm pregnant and poor blair's like oh and then they're like well we can probably turn blair's room into the baby's nursery i just feel bad for her well, it's, it's just sad. classic. Like, this yeah. happens in every book or movie ever where it's like, yeah. daughter feels neglected, and then the mom's like, not only am I having another child, yeah, I'm 47, okay. Um, not only am I having another child, but also it's going to live in your room. And you won't care because you'll be gone. You'll be living somewhere else, and we won't be family anymore. Like, that's yeah. kind of the That's always, the I mean, not that I, I, like, switched rooms with my brother once I went to college. But I think, I do think, I always feel bad if people are like, yeah, my parents, like, turned my room into, like, a gym, and I don't have a room at my house anymore. That And I understand my that parents, sometimes people downsize, but. Yeah, I, I, as soon as I moved out, did not have a room at my house. Aww. 
But my parents also kicked me out of my room before I even moved out of the house because, like, my Swiss cousin came and moved in with us. And they're like, all right, pack it up. This bitch (laughs) we've never met before gets your room. And also your car. Oh, my Um, God. Where's your Swiss cousin now? Back in Switzerland. Switzerland. (laughs) Back in Swiss. Back in Switzerland. Um, Her, like— she like came and lived with us for the summer because she was like she was like 22 or something when she came and like she was like a teacher you know mm-hmm. so she had summers off and at the end of the summer like her boyfriend came to like visit and like stay with us for mm-hmm. like you know like a week before like they went back to Switzerland together and he was he was a cop this isn't funny he was a cop in Switzerland and like. <laughs> Um, not not some. I don't think I've ever met a a Swiss cop. So that's, yeah, well, that's exotic to me. So we all went out to my dad. Like it was my. I remember it was the end of the summer. So it was my dad's birthday. My dad's birthday is on August twentieth, and uh-huh. my dad loves hibachi, oh which is something like you probably can't do. I haven't done it ever. Yeah, they probably, probably have less peanuts there than than I think. Yeah, like you can probably show up and be like, hey, like they probably have like a peanut free like area Goyle or something table. yeah <laughs> i have to go um, with all the other losers at the exactly the loser table. yeah i wouldn't take you they like take he's you. like i might flip a shrimp into your mouth but don't count on it you nerd yeah <laughs> because you're a fucking loser yeah he's like these are the, like, the nose separately from my party like <laughs> right you have to wear like a hazmat suit yeah, yeah, um yeah. and you're with a bunch of other people being like what are you here for like <laughs> <laughs> what well, that's I, what are you allergic to <laughs> yeah, i'm allergic to all rice like yeah. just like the allergy table well, they just give you allergic to rice, shrimp, soy sauce. <laughs> right. Like, I'm just here. You just get to watch the tricks, and then they bring you out a separate meal that's like a salad yeah. with that, like, like, shitty ginger fingers, dressing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do, like, a show, <laughs> but you don't get to eat any of it. Oh, that's really yeah. funny. Um, that was, we like, okay, there. I don't even – I'm so sorry, but I, do you remember no, when we went to the casino that one time? This was before the podcast oh, started. We went to the God. Cincinnati Casino. We both brought, like, 30 or $40 in cash. Both immediately ran out, and then we were like, we're not going to get more cash. So we got a drink, and we had a bartender. He was doing all these <laughs> tricks, but he looked so sad. But he was just, like, moving, like, like, like flipping everything. But he absolutely did not want to be there at this – which – and the Cincinnati <laughs> Casino is terrible. It's really yeah. gross in there. Um, and I, we lost, I mean, I certainly, I, I had enough money to play like one round of blackjack and I lost and I was like, okay, well, yeah. So I went to the casino for the first time or with you yeah. that time. I went to the casino for the second time last weekend. Oh, um, on Saturday because friend of the show, Kevin Strader was coming through town and wanted to go to the casino um, <laughs> or Nick, Nick and Kevin wanted and to go to the And you can't do casino. that in, in Chicago. no. <laughs> And so you have to go to literally, like, you know, like, the Did fucking you to casino. We had, no, we went to the—there's one in Columbus. Oh, okay. Um, and we—I immediately lost $100 on virtual blackjack. Yeah. Uh, immediately. Where I went up— Virtual by blackjack like, might be rigged, too. I, I mean, think it is, honestly, because, like, I play blackjack on my phone all the time. you have a slight edge yeah. on the house. Do you play it on cardgames.io? Yeah. Yeah, I love cardgames.io because I would I would— Everyone should check it out because they, like, will sometimes, you can, like, talk with opponents, mm-hmm. like, and you all have these, like, really just, like, little, like, simple icons, but you have, like, 
uh, preset things of stuff you can say, but they always have some seasonal ones that they forget to take down. So they have both May the 4th be with you. <laughs> then they also have one that says play Jaw Jaw Ding Dong, which I think is from that Netflix <laughs> movie, like with Will Will Ferrell. Um, so I don't know. Megan and I have played a lot of card games.io. Yeah. It's fun. But anyway, uh, yeah, we're sorry, at Hibachi. And um, the like, we're like trying to get to know this guy, you know, Mm-hmm. English isn't his first language. So, you know, it's like the conversation's moving kind of slowly. And I, I was like, you know, 16 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so my parents start asking him questions about his job as a cop in mm-hmm. Switzerland. If you can imagine, Swiss cops are way worse than American cops even. Oh, really? <laughs> like, in terms of the level of racism. So, like, we're sitting Aww. at this hibachi table. It's us. My dad's in, like, the special little hibachi birthday hat that they give you. <laughs> and, like, then like there's the, another like, family. <laughs> yes. There's another family there. Like, the guy's doing all the ting, 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 yeah. ting on the table. And, like, this guy just starts going on, like, this, like, probably the most, like, vile, racist rant mm. that I've ever heard, like, live from a person. And, like, he also, like, doesn't fully speak English. So both of my parents are kind of like, I remember like looking at my parents and being like, who's going to do something? And both of them are kind of being like, how appropriate it is for us, like, to tell this guy who's, like, staying in our home who, like, doesn't fully speak English to, like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. It was so crazy. Your shrimp. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So not only did that chick take my room, but her boyfriend... Was racist, racist boyfriend and, yeah. probably fucked her in there. And then he immediately, like, dumped her when they got back to Switzerland. It's like, your family. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> like, they thought they, they were so weird telling me stop being racist yeah. in Hibachi. Yeah. What if there's jerk. one place where it's inappropriate to be racist. <laughs> right. You come into my home. You come to my Hibachi. Yeah. You subject my 16-year-old self to racism. Yeah. Absolutely not. All right. Where, where, did we, hold on, did we talk about Blair and Nate getting back together? Well, they might get back together, right? right. I mean, like, like the... Yeah, because at the end, like, they might kiss at New Year's, and then Blair realizes, I think, that Jenny is still with Nate, and that he lied, and she's like, fuck off. Um, but I think that they might get back together in the next book. Yeah, I have a really bad feeling that this is just what the rest of these books are going to be. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's going to be, is Nate with Jenny or Blair or maybe a third character? I wonder if they have <laughs> that, like, Michelle Trashenberg character um, in that was in um, this show, but I forget what her name was. But everyone was like, oh, we hate her. Gagansi or something like that. It's something Georgina like or something? Yes. I don't know why I said Gagansi. <laughs> Gagansi. That's what your your cousin's boyfriend's name was, Gagansi. It's very common Gagansi. in Sweden. Yeah. Um, anyway. Do you remember that show, Welcome to Sweden, that, like, Amy Poehler's brother tried to make? And it was so fucking boring. Greg no. Poehler. It was, like, on NBC Gre- for, like, no. one season. Yeah. Greg Poehler. Everyone knows Greg Poehler. I've never heard of Greg Poehler. I didn't know I he got it. a show. And he did, just by virtue of that Parks and Rec rub-off, so... He was rubbed off on Parks on Rec. <laughs> Parks on Rec. Jesus Christ. I have to stop. Oh, wait. I do want to ask you before we go. Did you watch, speaking of Parks and Rec, <laughs> did you watch the Aziz Ansari stand-up special no, on Netflix? No, of course not. Oh, my God. Of course God. not. I heard he, I've just heard he's, it was bad. <laughs> it was so, he is like the most, not only is he like, he's like the most embarrassing person alive, truly. Like, he should be so embarrassed. It was the kind of thing where Nick and I, like, it was, like, late one night, and we didn't want to watch, like, a whole thing. And yeah. we just wanted to put on something to fall asleep to. So we got in bed and opened Netflix, and, like, that was, like, the first thing that popped up. Yeah. 
And I was like, oh, holy shit. Like, I didn't know he was like, you know, you know, like someone's been canceled when like all of a sudden somebody who like used to be like a big star, like the special just drops on Netflix yeah. and you've heard nothing about it. For any, the whole <laughs> like special, literally, yeah. no, the opposite of Che Diaz. When Che Diaz like releases a Netflix their, special, yeah. <laughs> um, it's on, you know, they put it on billboards for yeah. like weeks and weeks and weeks beforehand. Like you're, you cannot drive down the highway without seeing Che's freaky face. Yeah. Um, we like, it is so embarrassing because the whole thing, Franny, the whole special is about, like, oh, like, internet culture, like, is so crazy. Like, cancel culture is so weird. Like, look at yourselves. Like, Ooh, how do we culture. do this to each other? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, dude, and not one time does he mention— I am sorry for making yes. this girl feel— it's That's so weird. That is what it's is so, so unfortunate weird. about that specifically versus, like— like like a Harvey Weinstein or whatever, is I think that there were a lot of people being like, why are we canceling him? Like, he doesn't deserve this. And it's like, you, I would hope that as a celebrity, um, because I don't think that's probably a unique experience of from either side of theirs, but that doesn't mean it's good. And if he, if he would have been like, I'm sorry, like I clearly made this girl uncomfortable, like I'm going to mm-hmm. learn from this in a real way instead of just denying that there could have been everything wrong. I do think that that would have made a difference for a lot of like I men know. being like, oh, oops. Like, right. Like All I just, like, yeah, it's like, just sad to me. In most situations, like clearly like whatever happened, like clearly the situation described in the article, the babe.net article about him, like was one of those, like, and I'm not saying this to minimize, like, the person who, like, wrote it, the person it happened to, like, it's clearly one of those, like, gray area things where he didn't realize in the moment that he had done anything wrong. I think that's mm-hmm. pretty safe territory to say right. that. Which is why so there needs him, to be more awareness about, like, by the way. Exactly. Yeah. For him to, like, like still be, like, like, for him to deny, 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 as if he's being accused of, like, murdering somebody. Mm-hmm. Or, like, something he absolutely did not do is so crazy. When all this woman wants—I mean, if I put myself in her shoes, I don't want to speak mm-hmm. for her. If that was me, if that's what I had published, all I'd want was an apology. All I want is an apology. All I want is for you to have to look at me and be like, wow, I can't believe I did that. I and didn't then see diminished when like she brought all. it up, like, diminished yeah. then her concerns. Yeah. Right. It's, like, yeah. And to do I'm, that, I'm, like, not it's only, like, ugh. It's, like, not only morally crazy for him to be, like— doing this whole special. But I also just think, take that out of it because everybody's already had so many conversations about mm-hmm. that and we're not involved in this situation. I'm not giving this man money, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, the artistic, like, it's so artistically bereft. Like, it's just so fucking anti-intellectual and so invulnerable and so just, like, dirty as an artist Ugh. to make a whole special talking about this stuff while not, like, giving, like, like giving context of like that's why you feel that way about it because yeah. especially because now his thing wrong. is anti-cancel culture but before this it was romance he wrote that book yeah. modern rome and he was like making so much money off of like you got to do this to treat a girl right and it's like you i don't know whatever um anyway yeah anyway um that's that that's gg that's the gossip girl i realized when i was looking this up today on um, the library that there's another series that she wrote about the Carlisle sisters that we'll probably have to read after this. The oh Carlisle triplets. Oh, there's three of them. <laughs> no, three. no, that's going to be so hard to tell them apart. 
Um, all right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, keep following along with our Gossip Girl-related content. Do not see the movie Birds Like Us, and also don't watch Aziz Ansari's new stand-up special unless, you know, you want to be like, oh, my God, he's an idiot. Please put mm-hmm. me to sleep. Um you can find us on social media at Girls Like Us Show on both Twitter and Instagram. You can buy our merch. Literally, every time one of you makes a TikTok of our uh, Communist Manifesto mug, mm-hmm. we sell like a hundred of them. So yeah. keep doing that because like, we love those those thirteen cents residuals. Come on, it's well, it's more than that. Sometimes it's no, more it's like, than that. It's, yeah, it's like two dollars. So yeah, so every if time you want to give that, us some money to buy like a McDonald's coffee, go right. for it. Um, keep doing and you can it. drink McDonald's coffee out of your mug that you get from us. Exactly, take it to McDonald's, pass it through the drive-through window. Let them. They fill love it up. that. McDonald's they love that. employees love when you make special requests to them <laughs> when they're like they're there for like eight hours, like do yeah. moving every second. So I'll tell you one thing I know about McDonald's employees from my years of drive-through experience: <laughs> they love prop work. When you yes. pull up to the window and ask them to yeah. work with a prop. They absolutely love it, and they are definitely getting paid enough to do that. Yes. <laughs> um, keep uh, following us on here, but also follow our Patreon. Subscribe. $5 a month. You get, like, two or three more episodes. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to do three this month. Uh, we did two last month. Um you can do that by going to patreon.com slash girls like us show. We have lots of good stuff on over there. Uh, you can check out our very cool producer, Camden Stacy at Cam Stacy. He's making lots of cool music. Um, and you can check out our lovely Frolic sorority sisters at frolic.media slash podcasts. And as always, our theme music is by the wickedly talented one and only Leggy. And that's all we have for you this week. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.